to Matthew in chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Um, I'm, I'm sorry guys if I go on a wonder because there is no way on earth you're going to stick me on this spot with this mic. It ain't happening, okay? I'm not being negative, it just won't happen. I mean, we've got a better chance of you know, Liverpool winning the Premiership. Than, uh, Amen, brother, you preach it. <laughs> okay, anyway, let me move on. <laughs> More chance, Everton winning it. Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, Liverpool, of course, are my team, but uh, I just don't see it happening yet. Anyway, Matthew 7, verse 24. It says there, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, a version says there, acts upon them and obeys them, is like a wise man, or a sensible, prudent, practical man, who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man or a stupid man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had and was... One version puts it, authority, and not as their teachers of the law. We thank God for Mm -hmm. his his word to us tonight. I am concluding the uh, series of the laws that live. And uh, it's a great series. I love this series. We preached it in Elkiston. It's not regurgitated nonsense that we've churned out here in Mansfield. This is foundational stuff that we've sought to, before God, bring before the people. And there's something that happens, you know, even if you might not receive everything, there's something I believe happens in the atmosphere as we begin to declare the word of God. There's something very powerful that begins to happen. Even in this room, there's something very powerful that will begin to shift and change because the people have got it here. We are light. Do you know that? We're light in the darkness. And uh, there's something very powerful that takes place. So I love this series. However, it it feels to me, because this is the second time I've been through it, almost feels like the point in which I'm waiting for a job interview. You may say, where are you coming from with this, Christian? Well, if you've ever been to a job interview or to an important meeting, there's emotions that rise up. Emotions of excitement, but intense nervousness. Have you ever felt like that? You feel confident, but fearful, all at the same time. I feel like this a little bit with this Matthew 5, 6 and 7. Because there's part of me that absolutely I'm exhilarated by these verses. And at the same time, I'm scared to death by them. There's a side of me that says, I'm incredibly confident in them. And then there's another side to me personally that says, they frighten the life out of me because they're what they are going to demand of me. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It almost feels like, I don't know whether, you, you know, some of you ladies certainly will have done it. I hope you didn't do it to choose your husband. But anyway, I'll, you know, come on to it. You get a flower and you pull, pull off a petal. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. Oh, he loves me not. You know, I hope you didn't choose your husband like that. But I feel a little bit like that when, when I'm thinking about 
this series. Because there's part of me that says, I love it. I don't love it. I love it. Oh, I don't love it. Mm. I love it. Oh, I really don't love it. Yeah. And you're all looking at me blank as though, well, you're the pastor, you're meant to love it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I don't always. Because there's a number of things in the Bible that actually are deeply challenging yeah. on a personal level. And you can't even begin to explain some of the emotion and some of the shifts that take place in our own hearts as we read these verses. Yes. I actually think that probably some of the most profound verses in all of history, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, you may say, well, what am I talking about? Well, you've got to read them for yourself. But here's some of the things that Jesus addressed. He spoke about the law of reconciliation. Who likes reconciling themselves to somebody who you know full well they've wronged you? you what you want to do is you want to punch them on the nose, not just once, <laughs> but again, and not just again and again. Anybody feel like that? Yeah. And Jesus says, no, 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 that, that's not how, how we live. You know, there's got to be reconciliation that takes place. Yeah. How about the law of inner purity? You know, that, that inner sense of integrity that Jesus addresses. The law of inconvenience. Who likes being inconvenienced? Anybody like being inconvenienced? If anybody put your hand up, I was going to test that by on a Saturday morning at about 5.30 in the morning, asking if you'd just do something for me. I was just going to test it out, but you've all passed the test. That's great. The fact is, none of us like inconvenience, but Jesus said, you know, it's no good, you know, walking one mile, go the extra mile yeah. with people. The law of perfect love. The law of right motivation. The law of right stewardship. You heard me say it's not about... My money, my car, Mick Levis would have been here. By the way, I wish he would have been here. Any of you around when I spoke about how the fact of, you know, you can't say both God and money. Can you remember that a few weeks ago? You can't say both God and money. And, and I just said, happened to say, and that could apply to anything. You can't love God and your career. You can't love God, you know, and, sorry, you can't love your career more than God. You can't love recreational pursuits more than God. And even if you've got a motorbike, and then I clock Mick, because Mick's got this motorbike. Well, the story is, he really got impacted by that. On Monday, the following Monday, he gets out on the road and he comes off his motorbike <laughs> with an almighty crash. He then calls me and says, Christian, you'll never guess this is what happened. And he says, and if it is true that this is God's motorbike, can you ask him to send a check for 400 quid? <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> and if you're here tonight, I would have said, I think God's trying to get your attention. He already said to me, he's back to me. God's already got my attention, which is great. But, you know, the law of right stewardship, the law of right priority, the law of non-judgmentalism, the law of persistent prayer, the law of destination. Who was wrecked by Phil's message about making repair? Yeah. Phil, I don't like it. I've told you that so many times, and yet I have to practice it. Yeah. We have to go and make repair with people, people who I've upset, people who I've offended. And then other people who I haven't offended, and I haven't upset, but I know there's an issue. Yeah. And I'm now finding myself picking up the phone, I've done it this year already, picked up the phone and said, I am very sorry if I have offended you in any way, it was not intentional, and I know full well I haven't done anything. 
Keep your mouth shut next time. <laughs> We're not on podcast, are so we? Hey, Sharon, I can say what I want. No, I can't. Okay, I am joking. Oh, you are recording. Oh, God help me. Okay. So the law of persistent prayer, the law of destination, the law of fruitfulness. I've gone through all these are the things that Jesus was addressing. Now can you see why I said, I love it, I don't love it, I love it, I don't love it. Because there's some things that I don't particularly like about what Jesus addresses. But if I am going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, yeah. then I can't just begin to tear the pages out of the Bible that I don't like. Yeah, it's good. And unfortunately, there are many people who they like that bit, so they stick at that bit, and they don't even turn to the other bit. But I want to say the Bible is a big book, and it has a lot to say. Yeah. And we can't just live with, well, I like that bit, but I don't like that bit, so I'll stick at that bit. You can't, it doesn't work like that. Jesus is wanting us to become fully devoted followers of his. Yes. And that means to say there's going to be a cost, there is going to be a challenge, there is going to be a stretch, there is going to be pain, there is going to be pressure, unfortunately, guys. And if any of you are thinking about becoming a Christian and you're not, I want to tell you, it's not for the faint-hearted. That's my experience. That's my experience. I don't know about your experiences. It's certainly not for the faint-hearted. But the benefits are immense. The benefits... Are absolutely yeah. amazing. Yes. So, where am I coming to? Well, I've just read Jesus' final words on the matter. And um, I was taught in communications class, because I did have a four-month course, not as long as this man, in Bible school training, but I was taught in communications class um, that... You should always have a heart, always have a start. I was going to say always have a heart. Well, that helps. Always have a start, always have a middle, and always have an end. And that's pretty much some. That's pretty much it. In fact, I could have done that and done the lecture. They don't. That's the problem. And you want to get them to the end, and you're crank. And I'll, I'll start knowing if you're coughing. Because if the ministers in our denomination, their wives cough. I'm going to try and get them to end that. It's absolutely... You know, sneezing, trying to get their attention to just... And they don't stop. They just go on and on and on. I'm on a roll now, so I need to pull back. Don't laugh at me, you'll encourage me and I'll be on a roll. Okay. So Jesus here, in this sermon, in Matthew 5, 6 and 7, he had a start, he had a middle... And he had an end. But question, what did Jesus end with? I'm sure you've read those verses many, many times. If you've been to Sunday school, they would have been taught so many times. I remember that story being taught so many times when I were in Sunday school. About the the wise and the foolish builders. You see, Jesus ended with this story. And he wanted... The listeners, and he wants wants us to understand this lesson that is found in the building trade, and it's around foundations. It's around foundations. Jesus highlighted basically two different foundations. One was rock solid, immovable, dependable, and a foundation to build upon. The other was easier to lay, but was temporary, immovable, and destroyable. 
Josh, I need you to come here if you would. You just come and help me with something. Okay. I remember I've got a dodgy shoulder here. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm sweating off his feet, okay? Now listen, I can hold him for a little while, but do you think I'm a strong foundation for Josh to depend on at this moment? Not really. Not really. Because the fact is, I am going to lose my strength at some point. No doubt about it. Just come down, Josh. You've never been so excited before. Why is it then, do we jump into the arms of things that are not dependable? Mm. <clears throat> Because what I did there is what we do, many of us do. We jump into things that are simply not dependable. Yeah. And we build our lives upon those things. Let me say something. If you're taking notes, this is very important. Okay? You may have never thought about it before, but I want to tell you, everyone builds upon a foundation. Yeah. You don't realize you do it, but everybody builds upon a foundation. The question is, what foundation yeah. are you building on? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And that's what Jesus was addressing. Yeah. Jesus was addressing this issue because he has basically said, what you need to do is you need to build on the foundation of my words. Mm. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So when you think, well, what is the foundation? They're there. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He's saying, that is what I'm wanting you to build your life upon. Yeah. It's interesting that many people build their lives on the foundation of fairness, which is great, or of love, which again is great, and of honesty, and these are good things to build your life upon. And I want to say you are the kind of person that's endeavored to build your life upon fairness, integrity, character, love, honesty. The rewards of that will be blessing and peace. I can tell you that now. Yeah, it's good. I can tell you that now. It's absolutely rock-solid certain. There'll be blessing and peace. You'll be creating an environment for success and prosperity in the right sense. Yeah. Fantastic. But there are many people who build their lives and the foundation of their life is on cheating and lying, of survival, or of self-seeking. I want to say, if you will build your life upon these things... The reward of those things is disaster. Jesus himself said, if you will build your life upon the rock, it will stand firm. Because guess what? You already know this. What happened to both houses? The same thing, storms came. The same thing. They were identical that came to both houses. The storms came, the wind beat, the floods rose. And the one that was built upon something that was rock solid stood firm. But the one that was built upon sand, which was easier to lay, that crashed to the ground. You see, we must make sure in this raising the bar and laws that live, that even as believers, we build upon a good foundation. So I've got just one, two, three, four, five things that I wrote down here that we must be careful not to build our lives upon. And I just want to just address them with you and then we'll finish off with just a few words around Jesus, if that's okay. 
I actually believe if you will build your lives upon these things, I want to be clear, these things are sand. And these things cannot be trusted. And these things are immovable. And these things will not help you build a life that God wants you to build. The first thing that some people build their lives upon is experience. Experience. You may say, well, that's a strange one, Christian. Now I've met a number of people who built their lives upon their past experiences. Let me be clear, if your past experience is one in relationships that actually you've been ripped off, you've been abused, you've been hurt, you will carry that into your future. And if you build your life upon your past experiences, that will not be helpful in your future. Are you hearing me tonight? So we must be careful that we don't build upon our experiences. And there are some people who actually live in their experiences. And there may be some good things that have happened. Sure, good things. But we don't build on our experience. The second thing, we don't build on an emphasis. I'm fed up, Phil, of people building a life on an emphasis. Particularly in church life. You can't do it. It's the same thing that I mentioned earlier, that we have to take the whole Bible, the whole Bible, and apply it to our lives. You can't just take a little incy bit of the Bible and then apply it to your life. But unfortunately, there are many people that do. I'm not here, you know, with on my soapbox slamming people. That is not my intention. You know that. It's not my intention. But I'm not building... We are not building Arena Church on an emphasis. We're endeavoring to do what God is saying to us, and we take the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. So we're absolutely passionate about caring for people, but we're also passionate about people outside of church. So some people want to label us, are you a seeker church? We're not a seeker church, but we're passionate about seekers. Do you get that? Well, you you know, are you a word of faith church? No, we're not a word of faith, but we believe in the application of faith. Yes. Yeah, come on. You know, are you a prosperity? You mentioned money. No, we're not a prosperity, but we believe that God wants to prosper our lives. Yes. In a variety of different ways. And understand at times that sometimes that means I can be living in absolute poverty. Uh, uh, Sorry. uh, I can be living in absolute nothingness financially, but I'm incredibly prosperous. Yes. Are you hearing me? Good. But everyone has to tag and label it. No, we need to take the whole counsel of God. Oh, Let's not build God. on an emphasis. Yeah. Let's not build on a liquid yeah. church, a youth church. We're not a youth church. No. not trying to create a youth church. No. We want all ages. Yes. I just happened to say to Jean and to Jack. Yes. yes. 74 and 77. I'm sorry if I've given the game away, Jack. You think, people thinking you want a day over 50. <laughs> but, you know, Jean just happened to say, I just love the fact that, you know, it's exciting that we're just in another venue and what I've got, God got for and I just thought, how amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. I just love that spirit. And if we had a youth church, Jean, you won't be welcome. <laughs> but we're not building a youth church. Yeah. I'm not being rude by saying that. Half of you, three quarters of you won't be welcome. I mean, by that, I won't, you be won't be welcome. I won't be welcome either. <laughs> I'm being very edgy now, and I'm done. Not to be. So we're not building on experience. We're not building on emphasis. We're not building our, our foundations on our intelligence or our academia. Yeah. <laughs> I have met some very stupidly poor, clever people. Do you get that? Yeah. 
some very stupidly poor, clever people. Now, they may be very, very clever, but they are very, very stupid. <laughs> and again, I'm not being rude. But they build their lives on what is here and now, what they can see. We don't walk by what we can see. We walk by faith. Yes. By faith. And this makes no sense. This gospel makes no sense. In many, it, it, come at it from a very practical side. It just there's not a lot of sense, but it's by revelation, mm. by illumination. We receive the love of God, and our lives are changed forever. We can't build our lives on our intelligence, or our academia, or our degrees, or our colleges or our exam results, it's impossible. And we can't build our lives on consumerism and commercialism. We can't continue to... And Phil was at a fascinating lecture two weeks ago, and you know that was really, I think, the crux of the matter, that the, 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 the Western nations have built their lives upon uh, mama, money. Yeah. And, and we can't keep building like that, guys. Listen, let me just make a statement here. If you haven't bought your Christmas presents, buy what you can. Don't go into debt. Please. Please. Don't go into things. Don't go places where you can't. You know you can't afford. Just do what you can. Are you hearing me? Yes. You know, we need to be really careful. And lastly, don't build your life on popularity. These are the negatives. But people build their lives on popularity. Oh, I'm popular. I'll build my life on the foundation of popularity. I want to say popularity can come and it can go. Somebody once said the character is always lost when a high ideal is sacrificed on the altar of conformity and popularity. We must not build our lives upon these things here. So what are we building our lives upon? Well, we are building our lives upon Jesus. Oh, yeah. We are building our lives yeah. upon Jesus. Yeah. Yes. He is the person that we are building our lives upon. And 1 Peter 2, and I'm nearly at the end, 1 Peter 2 describes this Jesus. He actually says four things about him with regard to stones. One is a living stone. Two is a chosen stone. Three is a precious or, 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 or special stone. And four, he's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. He's not a magic stone or a crystal stone. They won't help you. The stone that you need to be applying to your life is the cornerstone. His yeah. name is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Amen. He is the one who we need to build our lives upon. And that is what Jesus was saying. Don't stop building your lives on temporary, immovable things like I had hold of Josh. Stop jumping into the arms of things that will not stand the test of time. Leap into me. Dig into me. Run into me. Draw into me. Give yourself fully yeah. to me, Jesus. The Bible <laughs> describes Jesus and God as being unchanging, immovable, faithful, loyal. All the things that you would look for in your ideal mate, well, you found it in Jesus. Yeah. He is all of those things. Jesus is the one in whom we build our lives. I want to encourage you tonight to just fix on his nail-pierced hands. I want you to, I, I just read something last week that really captured my imagination and the, the chapter read 
see the lines on his, of his face, see the lines of his face. I was really, really moved by that thought of seeing the lines of his face. And this Jesus, hear the love in his voice. Hear the love in his voice. What am I talking about? I'm talking about God coming to earth. And we're going to celebrate it over the next couple of weeks in the form of a little baby. But he didn't stay a baby. He became a man with nail-pierced hands, with lines on his face, with love and compassion to whoever, wherever, because he loved humanity. He is the one that we are encouraged to build our life upon. You see, Jesus is trustworthy and immovable. He was tempted, yet without sin. Therefore, he understands. Do you know that? He understands exactly what you are going through at this particular time. He understands that temptation that you have in the workplace. He understands that that test that you face tomorrow. He understands the pressures that you are under. He understands the feeling of, of negativity. He understands that lostness, that loneliness. He understands all of those things. This is Jesus. He understands. But he then walked with humanity. That means to say he feels. This Jesus feels. I love this about Jesus. He feels. He knows what we feel. Do you know that? He knows what we feel. He sees. He hears. He knows. This is the foundation that we need to be building our lives upon. I'll ask you tonight. Are you going to continue to jump into the arms of those things that I've mentioned and other things? Or are you going to make decisions to say, no, as for me, I'm going to build my life upon Jesus Christ. This is the law of the right foundation. The law of the right foundation. And it comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wonder if we just bow our heads. Yeah, we thank you, Lord.